Well, thank you for being with me today. It's the end of the week, and I hope you're looking forward to worshiping Jesus Sunday, and you're inviting people to come with you, and you're praying for God to do a great work in our worship services as well. Today, we are wrapping up the book of Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet. We're in chapter 14, and I want to say from the get-go that today's devotion is going to be longer than usual because I, I want to explain some things to you theologically before we get into the text and, and you know, what spoke to my heart, the devotional thought, um, because the way you, what we call in theology your hermeneutics, your, your method of interpreting scripture um, has a, a big impact on how you read understand and interpret chapters 12, 13, and 14 of Zechariah because this is uh, apocalyptic literature. What do I mean by that? Similar to the book of Revelation or the latter parts of Daniel and other places in the scripture where ordinary things are used as a symbol and often used in a very dramatic, exaggerated way or non-realistic way, if you will, but as a symbol to point toward a reality, a future reality, a spiritual truth, uh, a reality of, of what's going to happen in the future. Uh, and so it's like, a, like a, a dramatization, a big picture, if you will, in an exaggerated manner, in a symbolic manner of something in the future. Example in Revelation, when Jesus comes back riding on a horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. Well, Jesus is not going to literally appear with a sword. And, and Revelation says that with that sword, he'll strike down those who are not, who don't belong to him. Well, Jesus is not going to have a sword in his mouth, swinging it, killing people. Okay. It's a symbolic way, uses a practical thing like a sword in a symbolic way to describe the fact that judgment will be based upon the word of God that Jesus has spoken. That's what we mean by apocalyptic literature. And Zechariah 14 is apocalyptic. Now, uh, there are some who do not read it that way. Um, there, for instance, in dispensationalism, which is a term used to describe the belief system of those, and 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 some of you listening listening to me right now would fall into this this category. Dispensationalism is the belief system that says uh, Jesus' second coming is is sort of broken into two parts. There's the rapture of the church, followed by a literal seven years of tribulation. And at the end of that, Jesus comes, his second coming. So that's the second part of the second coming, followed by a literal thousand-year rule of Jesus upon the earth. At the end of that, a literal physical battle with Satan and the nations that support him. Uh, and that thousand years is called the millennium. And then we're in heaven. And, and, and that's how some people... Uh, when they read these things, they, they start with that mindset, with that hermeneutic. Um, um, and, and the result is that, uh, is that when they read Zechariah 14, they, they, they take this and they fit it into that understanding of the end times. And, and, and what dispensationalism does, as I mentioned briefly, it divides or separates the second coming of Jesus into two events the rapture, and then what they usually refer to as the second coming with the tribulation in between, in between them. 
Um, and it and and it results during that millennium with actual with, with there actually being um, you know uh, if if Satan is going to be released and lead nations to fight Jesus at the end of that millennium, there has to be lost people on the earth during the thousand years that Jesus is ruling, and so that kind of creates an intermediate state where you know things are better, but you still have sin. Um, and Jesus is ruling kind of a hodgepodge of the world. Partly, it's more holy than now, but it's not fully holy. Where sinners are subjugated, if you will, and they still die. They're still sin, and they still uh, die. Um, the, the 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 problem with that approach, from my perspective, uh, and the, and the perspective of uh, most Christians throughout history, and many many Bible believing Christians today, even, is that. Um, is that uh, the New Testament, the New Testament, the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament are very clear that when Jesus comes, that coming of Jesus puts a final and complete end to sin, to evil, and to death. There's not kind of an intermediate where it's better, but you still have all of that. Uh, 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 the New Testament, when he comes, that sin is over, evil is over, death is over, they're finished, and there's no more opportunity for people to be saved. Um, the New Testament, especially when you read what Jesus and the gospel says about his second coming, is that when he comes back, there is a complete and final separation between the righteous and the wicked, not a time when they're kind of living together after he, after he uh, comes back. Um, and so when it comes to Zechariah or Daniel or Revelation, quite often dispensationalists come to these passages and they read them very literally, which either limits or denies the apocalyptic nature of these kind of passages. Um, and, and, and that is, I think, a, a problem. And what it ends up doing here in other places is teaching that at the end there will be a renewed Judaism. Now think about this. When you when they talk about the nation, of it, there's going to be a renewed Judaism with a temple and literal sacrifices and, and the literal festivals, all of that happening again, and that's what God wants according to that system of interpretation, which in a way completely reverses everything Jesus accomplished on the cross by shedding his blood and returns to a system that the book of Hebrews makes really clear was simply a shadow of what was to come, that, that uh, the animal sacrifices were a shadow of Jesus' sacrifice, that the presence of God at the, at the temple was a shadow of, of, of we being the temple of God and his living within us. And so this dispensational approach when you really examine it, reverts us back to the old system, so to speak, and, and, and views everything through the lens of the Old Testament instead of through the lens of the New Testament. Starts quite often with Old Testament interpretation rather than starting with New Testament interpretation, which helps us then understand the Old Testament and the the, the, the the Gospels and the writings of Paul and the book of Hebrews are are many, many, many times um, reinterpret certain Old Testament passages in light of Jesus 
and, 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 and apocalyptic literature is pointing toward that new interpretation, toward that new covenant, if you will. Um, the Old Testament prophets very often foretold future events and New Testament events using the literal words of the Old Covenant, i.e. Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, Sinai, the, the nations. And, and, and when they were talking about the future, they were not always talking about literal Jerusalem, but they, it was pointing, that was a shadow of what was to come, the, the new Jerusalem, the church, the people of God. Um, and so how you approach theology and hermeneutics colors how you read these kind of apocalyptic, apocalyptic passages. Um, and so I'm not a dispensationalist. And so when I come to these passages, I bear in mind that these Old Testament prophets quite often, Ezekiel, Daniel, and um, uh, Zechariah and others will use Jerusalem and Israel and other things and, and use those words, but they're pointing to the future of God's people, not of the city of Jerusalem literally or of Israel literally, but of New Jerusalem, the city of God, of the church, New Israel, of the people of God. And we'll get into that in a little bit when we start reading some of the verses in chapter 14. Um, so I just wanted to, to point that out, that the, the nations often is a, uh, coming to Jerusalem in this apocalyptic literature is a picture of the Gentiles becoming part of the family with, of God through Jesus and, and the gospel. And so having said all of that, and that's a, a quick summary of what I could talk for an hour about, um, Dispensationalism views Zechariah 14 as describing what happens to literal Jerusalem and literal Israel as a nation at the second coming. People like me, which has been the majority of Christians throughout history, um, view Zechariah 14 as apocalyptic literature using these words, Jerusalem and other things, as symbolic language of the future for God's people. So having said that, now let's get into it. Zechariah chapter 14. Let's just read the first five verses to start with. He says, behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you, and based on 13 and 12, that's referring to Jerusalem. When the spoil taken from you will be divided among you, and I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured. The houses plunder, the women ravaged, and half of the city exiled. But the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fights on a day of battle. In that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, the east side of the city. And, um, and, and, and the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle, so this mountain splits in the very middle, um, east to west, by a very and, and creates a, a large valley. So half of the mountain will be will move toward the north, and the other half toward toward the south. And you will flee by the valley of the mountain, 
For the valley of the mountains will reach, and then he goes on to describe, then at the end of verse 5, then the Lord my God will come, and the holy ones, the holy ones, the holy ones will be with him. Now, a dispensationalist approach says that at the end, all the nations of the earth literally are going to surround the city of Jerusalem and initially conquer it and do great damage to the Jewish people there, but then Jesus will come, put an end to it. Um, the non-dispensational understanding, the, the historic Christian approach to this, all millennialism and other methods, and, and this is where I fall, um, see that Jerusalem here is, is the city of God, the people of God. It's, it's what we would think of today as the church, the kingdom of God, all of God's children around the world, and all the nations are 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 persecuting, are against the culture. The culture is persecuting uh, the church and, and, and can actually harm us, can literally harm us. There is, there is uh, here the, the ravaging. I mean, Christians can lose their lives. You can lose your property in, in parts of northern Africa. Christian women are raped. But Jesus is going to come. And when he does... There will be a way of escape. In other words, that will all cease. Now look at verses 6 through 8. Now I'm going to tie all this together in just a moment, so stay with me, please. In that day, when he comes back and puts an end to all of this persecution, in that day there will be no light. The luminaries will, will dwindle. What's the luminaries? What's the stars, the sun, the moon? For it will be a unique day which is known to the Lord. He's the only one, only one that knows it, and, and, and neither day nor night, but it will come about that at evening time there will be light. And notice, um, notice verse 8. And in that day, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem. I want you to think about something. How that description of what will happen in Jerusalem matches what Revelation says in chapters 21 and 22 about the new Jerusalem, the holy city, heaven, heaven. Verse 6, there will be no light in here in Zechariah 14, no light, because the luminaries will dwindle. Well, Revelation 21, 23 says, the city, talking about new Jerusalem, the holy city, heaven, has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine, the luminaries, because the glory of God has illumined it. And its lamp is the Lamb. So Revelation 21 says there's no light in New Jerusalem. It's not needed, no sun, no moon, no stars, because Jesus lights the city. The glory of God lights that place. And here in Zechariah 14, there's no, there will be no light in Jerusalem. Why? It's not needed. Jesus is the light. In verse 7 of Zechariah 14, it will be a unique day known to the Lord. And how many times does the New Testament and Jesus himself say that the only person who knows when he's coming back on that unique day, only God the Father, no one knows but the Lord, Zechariah said. And Jesus says, yeah, that's right. Only God the Father knows when this is going to happen, when I'm coming back, and New Jerusalem and heaven, which won't need the sun and the moon anymore. And in verse 8, there will be living waters flowing out of Jerusalem in Zechariah 14. But in Revelation 22, verse 1, John says, the angel, he, he showed me a river of the water of life 
clear as a crystal in New Jerusalem, near the throne of God, a, the river of life. And Zechariah, there, there will be living waters flowing out of the city of Jerusalem. And in verse 11 of Zechariah 14, we're told that people will live in it, in the city of Jerusalem, and there will, be no longer, there, there will no longer be a curse. People will live in the city, and there will no longer be a curse, for Jerusalem will dwell in security. And the curse is, a, is the word that's used to describe you know, when, when Adam and Eve sinned and humanity fell, and the curse of God upon the world, upon people for their sin and all the bad stuff that happens. And he says in Jerusalem on that day there will be no more curse, and people will dwell in security in Jerusalem. And you remember what Revelation says, don't you? Revelation 22, verse 3, talking about New Jerusalem, the holy city, heaven, says there will no longer be any curse. The former things, the old things are done away with. It's, it's, it's also there where the Bible says he will wipe away every tear and there will be no more death and no more crying and no more pain and so on. The curse will no longer exist. In Revelation 21, Verses 24 and following says that the nations will walk by its light, the light of that city, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it in the daytime, for there will be no night there, just the light of God. Its gates, notice this, this New Jerusalem, the holy city, its gates will never be closed. In, in, in ancient times, cities had gates for people to go in and out, and at night they always closed the gates for protection. In the new city, in New Jerusalem, in the holy city, in heaven, the gates are never closed. Why? There's nobody to harm you. You live, as Zechariah says, in security. And in verse 27 of Revelation 21, it says, Nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever enter into it. No one will ever walk through the gates of the holy city of New Jerusalem of heaven to harm any of God's people. That's exactly what Zechariah is saying in chapter 14. Verse 11, and, and in Zechariah 14, verse 9, the Lord, he says, the Lord will be king over all the earth. And, and that's exactly what Revelation says in 21 and 22. Both of them are apocalyptic literature. Revelation 21, verse 2, John says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. And in Revelation 21, 10, John says, the angel showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. So, um, Zechariah 14 matches exactly Revelation 21, which is evidence that in Zechariah 14, he's not talking about the literal city of Jerusalem on planet earth in the literal nation of Israel in the Middle East. But this is apocalyptic literature using Jerusalem and Israel in their day to describe what God was going to do in the future with his people. And that is understanding these Old Testament passages in light of what the New Testament says, not the other way around, forcing the New Testament passages to be twisted into knots to match a, a, a non-literal a, a reading of the Old Testament that, that, that ignores the apocalyptic nature of some of the Old Testament writings. Now, if, if there, there are those who, who, who are committed dispensationalists who love Jesus and love his word, and if that's you and you want to take this literally as referring to the city of Jerusalem, that's fine, that's fine. 
But there are many, many, many of us. It's not, you know, you don't hear about it a lot in the last 50 years in conservative evangelical circles. Some. You, there are a lot of very conservative evangelicals who, who agree with exactly what I have said. And historically what I have said has been how the overwhelming majority of the church and of Christians throughout history have read this passage and understood it. Now, so we can differ, but how you, your approach will determine how you read and how you understand these passages. And it's important for all of us to know that. Now, devotionally, what really speaks to me and blesses me, and I told you this was going to be a longer devotion, so I'll try to be shorter next week, um, is this image in the opening verses of the city of Jerusalem being surrounded and God delivering them through the earthquake, creating, if you will, the separation in the valley and the mountains, and the image that, that, that God's people, and as I believe that's referring to the church, to all, every member of the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the family of God, that as we are persecuted by the, by the culture and by the nations and by the world, and as we suffer, and they can hurt us, they can kill us, but God will always have a people. And when he comes back, his people will be completely delivered. And uh, those who opposed his people and hurt his people will suffer the consequences in the lake of fire. So, dear Christian, never give up on Jesus. You will see the holy city, the new Jerusalem one day, and thank God for that. Hey, God bless you, and I'll see you Sunday. Uh, well, no, I actually won't. I'm going to be on vacation visiting my daughter, so we'll have a guest preacher. But I'll see you Monday with another devotion. God bless you, everybody.